G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. We're looking at the Gold Coast Suns today who create an interesting discussion when it comes to Supercoach. We are recording this after the Suns and the Lions played their Amy Community Series game, so we have a little more information at hand than we did for all of our other team podcasts. And joining me today is Baron. How are you doing, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Not too bad. And Foz, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. So just to refresh everyone's memories, we have the locks, the knocks, the bolters, the breakouts, the rookies, the traps, and the passes. Some of these headings do overlap, but hopefully our explanations mean more than the headings that these players fall under. We'll start with the locks, and I'll go to you, Baron. Who is your lock? I do not have a lock from the Gold Coast Suns this year. No lock? No lock. Not a single player on their list. Not saying they're bad players, but not a single player for super coach purposes is standing out as someone I will lock into my side at this point. Okay. Um, what about you, Foz? Do you have a lock? I do have a, a lock, and he's not in my side at the moment. However, he did spend a fair chunk of preseason in my team, uh, and it's it's the second coming of God, Matty Rao. Um, obviously, sub 500K for... Um, I guess an M8 over the course of the season is not a bad price to pay at the start of the year, but it's also very a very expensive price tag for a second-year midfielder who played five games and one of those games he was on the field for two minutes. But in saying this, you'd pay 500K for someone who averaged 126.5 uh, a season, which is what he did before his injury-affected six. Uh, with scores of 80 in his debut, then 171 in his second AFL game, 141, and then 114. So he, he's an interesting prospect where he's clearly not played enough footy to say he's a, an uber premium or or even just a premium uh, super coach scorer. But the scores that he has been, been able to pump out in his uh, young career has been exceptional. I don't think anyone really expected him to come out of the blocks like that last season. So... Uh, as long as he's healthy, which he seemed to be pretty healthy, Stewie Jew was saying that after his after that um, Amy series game that he was sort of going at 70%, not really taking it too seriously, but he was feeling good and feeling healthy. So that's a big tick for him. Um, but as I said, really expensive for a second-year player who's played less than a half dozen games. But you're also dealing with probably one of the best, uh, I guess, prospects or young footballers, you know, the sport has seen in a long time. So it's one that you sort of can either look at as a lock or a knock, I guess. It's a, a really interesting conversation to have, and I get it both ways in terms of whether you want to start him or not because he's he is such an interesting prospect. He's as close to a lock for me as any player on the Suns list, but he is not in my side Um I'm just not feeling confident starting someone at his price, um, considering how little he has played. Positively, though, if he only went at seventy percent in the game against the Lions in the in the Amy series, he also only had seventy percent time on ground, but came away with ninety one 
um, super coach points from 20 disposals, 17 of them being contested. So those are pretty positive numbers from someone who has only played five games and has missed a large chunk with a shoulder injury. So I totally understand people having him in their side. I just personally can't do it, but he's as close to a lock for me as anyone on the Suns list. You mentioned the knocks there, uh, Foz. Baron, do you have a knock for us? I have a knock in uh, Took Miller. Um, I love him as a player. He is one I would target in the draft format for sure, but in Supercoach, he is going to be just shy. He's probably going to be in that 10 to 15 range in terms of where he finishes the year as a midfielder. So it's just not enough juice in him for me to want to pick him this year. I'm in a fairly similar position as you with Hugh Greenwood. If Hugh Greenwood was still a forward eligible midfielder, then I would 100% pick him. But as a pure midfielder at his price at 567k, it's just a, it's just too expensive for me. And I don't know what sort of scores I will get out of him. I trusted him way more being forward eligible than I do as a standalone mid. What about you, Foz? Who is your knock? I think we've all gone with a pretty similar theme of midfielders who we just don't think are, are really that cut cut above. Um, mine is Nora Anderson, the second pairing of um, the Wonder Kids from last season. Um, and despite him being clearly the most dominant and best scoring rookie from Gold Coast last season, um, as Leck likes to continuously mention, um, he's 411k, too expensive for me to really bring into the side. Uh, he didn't have a ton until round 12 last season, but then he did have three of his final five games um, as as tons with 126, 116, and 110, which are all great scores. Um, and then he also had a 90 and an 88. So I definitely see um, that progression through the middle part of the year. And, and the best part about that is most rookies typically will tailor off or, or taper off towards the end of the season uh, with their scoring as they fatigue and, and you know, as the games sort of catch up on them, especially last year with the, you know, the condensed fixturing and, and the short turnover between games. So the fact that he was able to increase his scoring towards the end of the season is really promising. Um, but I don't think that that will translate into 2021 um, just because he's obviously Matt Rouse come back. So he's, he's probably going to move a little bit more onto the, an outside midfielder. And, and as Gold Coast sort of progress and there's more even spread of points as well, he'll probably tailor off a little bit there. Uh, but also at 411k, I'd rather spend the extra 80 grand and get Matty Rowell, who's, uh, I'd say, the better of the two. Um, or, you know, 40 grand and go to Tim Taranto or someone like that. There are just, I think there are better options around that price point. Bolters. These players are people who, well, to be honest, this has been interpreted probably 18 different ways across the 18 different podcasts. So I'm very interested to see uh, who you guys have chosen. Baron, we'll go to you first again. Who's your bolter? Um, my bolter will be Rory Atkins. Um, so he is going to be a player. He is nothing but outside. He will not win a hard ball in his life. But he's also playing in a team where he does not need to worry about winning a hard ball because he'll have Hugh Greenwood there. He'll have Matt Rowe there. He'll have Took Miller there. 
So he is just going to feast on what they provide him. He can um, run and carry. He can kick goals. And he's probably going to be very happy being up at the Gold Coast. So I think he will start off with a bit of a bang. He'll probably level off a bit as the year progresses. But I think coming out of the gates, Rory Atkins will do quite well. Baron, does it worry you that he wasn't named in the Suns team that played the Lions? No, he had a um, slight foot complaint, so they haven't played him for that reason. I don't think it was anything to do with um, selection or anything like that. Fantastic. Foz, who's your bolter? Uh, my bolter is Will Brody, and the reason for that is um, not because he's been outstanding in the seasons gone by, and I think he's going to you know, be a really nice selection, but... He's actually only played the one game last season being round one. But Stuart Jew seems to be pretty big on his preseason so far and says that he's going to play uh, you know, a forward-slash-midfield role, um, which does interest me. Uh, the fact that he's in their best 22 is, is very intriguing. Um, my only concern is that that was the exact thing that was said about Darcy McPherson last season, um, where it was promised midfield minutes that just never came. And, and whilst Darcy McPherson played pretty much the entire year. He didn't get that role that we expected to. And, and a lot of people did jump on the um, the McPherson train last year. So I am a bit worried about Brody's role, but I do think that he's um, he's entering a, a pretty important year for his, his overall career where he tested the waters of free agency, or not free agency, but trade value last season and looked at returning back to Victoria, but didn't have much interest in him so I think this year he needs to have a really strong year or he's going to find himself off a playing list potentially at the end of 2021 um, so it, yeah it is a an interesting one if he plays in the best 22 he'll be uh, a pretty good scorer I think I've gone for Jack Lacosius and a bit like your selection there Foz mine also comes with an asterisk because the new rules seems to have freed up a lot of the running halfbacks that like to intercept. Um, and Jack Lukosius is one of those players, but will he average enough for us to consider him at any point during the season? It's going to be something that we won't be able to assess until the season has gone underway, but he's definitely capable of averaging that 95 to a hundred, as long as he can get the game going on his terms, which we found that he was able to do at various points throughout last season. We'll move on to breakouts. Foz, who's your breakout? Uh, it's Oleg Markov from uh, from the Gold Coast, former Richmond rebounding defender who didn't get much of a much of a go in in the Tigers' outfit. Uh, he scored sixty three from seventy one percent time on ground um, on the weekend. Um, where he had 21 disposals, nine marks, um, but three clangers in that game. Uh, he also went at 76% uh, disposal efficiency, which is pretty promising. Uh, I think he's the sort of player who's going to really benefit from this new stand rule, which we've seen. You know, players like Jaden Short score really well. You know, we've seen those rebounding, those slightly quicker rebounding defenders uh, play really well. So, and he sort of fits that mold of of doing that as well. So. He's definitely in their best 22, which is really exciting. And and at 316K, um, he's one that I've had in and out of my side. Uh, he's just dropped out at the moment for Jordan Clark after his pretty impressive imp- performance. But um, I would 
wouldn't be surprised if Markov found his way back into my best 20 or best 18 or whatever it is. My, my 30, let's just say. Baron, what about you? Um, so you just uh, gave him away as the bolter, but he's my breakout, and that's Jack Lukosius. Um I just think he is going to be an absolutely awesome player, and I think it's coming into, what, his fourth year now, third year? Uh, so this is when we'll really hope to start seeing him dominate some games, not just make those cameo appearances, but just completely take a game over down back, and I think he'll do that this year. My breakout is Will Powell. Um, he scored a hundred and three on the weekend from seventy nine percent time on ground. Uh, he took twelve marks doing that. Uh, nine contested possessions. He even had a clearance as well, um, but mostly played on the wing, I believe. Um, I think he's going to break out just purely because of the new rules and the fact that the game has become a lot more open. We saw flashes of his brilliance at the end of last season where from round 10, he had five scores above 83. So he's every chance to average in that low 80s to low 90s at 358k. I think he's one that we can probably look at as another option outside of the other players around that price range, like your Tom Greens and your Jai Caldwells. Now, believe it or not, guys, the Suns could be a a pretty um, barren wasteland when it comes to rookies this year, surprisingly. Usually, you'd go into Supercoach and you'd be picking three or four of them up because, to be honest, that's they because they'd play um they would play them because the sun's team wasn't all that well rounded and they need to and they needed to pump some talent in but this year probably the first year in a long time that they aren't really that relevant all uh, on the rookie front but baron who is the rookie that you have your eye on um, yeah, so as you're saying, there's really not a lot that immediately jumps out. I think this might be the first year I haven't started with a Gold Coast rookie in my team. So at this point, all you can maybe do is look at who the downgrade options would be for you in the mid-year, which would obviously put Elijah Hollands into the mix. Um, once he gets some form in the VFL, you would think they might consider bringing him in around the buyer and which is when we'll probably be trying to look at our upgrades and our downgrades. So mid-year Elijah Hollands for me. I've gone for Jeremy Sharp. The Suns traded up to select him in his draft year and then only played him a couple of times. He came away with some pretty disappointing scores, though, of 34 and 32 from the only two games that he played. But from all reports, he's had a great preseason and he's on the cusp of breaking into that team. I don't know who he pushes out, but it sounds like they will find a spot for him if his form warrants it. What about you, Foz? Who's your rookie? Mine is the same as Barron's. It's uh, Elijah Hollands. I just think that at this stage, there isn't a rookie that I really want to lock into my uh, into my side um, from the Suns. I think that he's probably a good downgrade target. And, and when you're coming out of your draft year and you're 
compared to players like Dustin Martin, it's it does excite you as a super coach player um, that he's you know that ready made midfielder who can kick goals and has a bit of X factor. So he's mine, but I do know that he's you know we all know that he's going to miss probably the first half of the season, and if he features at all, then it would come sort of late in the year. So I'm not really holding my breath waiting for any. Gold Coast refused to pop up. I think it's probably a bit too late for that. Um, but sooner or later, we'll see one or two pop up. And Foz, while you're there, who's your trap? My trap is your bolters and breakouts, Jack Lacocious. I just think that, you know, he's a very good player and, and I think he's going to be a very good super coach selection for years to come. But this year is the year of the halfback that we've obviously seen it through the preseason with that new rule change that we've been talking about. Um, the game's much more open and, and those rebounders are seeming to be dominating, whether that changes mid-year when teams start to tag players and, and try and curb the influence, I'm not too sure. But Lukosius does play a, a slightly different role to that. He's more of a, an interceptor and then he gives it off to um, sort of a rebounder and, and I think that's probably going to be Markov's role. So at his price, I don't think that Lukosius is... Um, as an exciting prospect as someone like a Markov who's about 100 grand cheaper. I think I'd probably lean towards the cheaper player there um, or I'd go up to a, you know, someone who's going to play that role like a, like a Jaden Short or, you know, a Jack Crisp or um, someone who's going to really rebound off that halfback flank and use their pace. My trap is Darcy McPherson. We were all sucked in by him. Well, my, I wasn't. Most others were. We're sucked in by Darcy McPherson last season after he had a preseason where he scored hundreds in both of the preseason games. Um, he actually scored 97 in the one over the weekend as well. We've seen it before. Preseason kings come along every year. And I think Darcy McPherson is one that will always have a starring role in the preseason games, but when the season actually gets underway, he won't be super coach relevant at all. What about you, Baron? Who's your trap? I've put Isaac Rankin as my trap. Um, he is the type of player he will have two, three weeks in a row where he just blows the doors off a game and he'll score 120, 130 points and everyone will rush to trade him in. But I don't think he's ever going to be, at least not for the next few years, a consistent player in that he will game in, game out, um, play well. He'll have those games where he's awesome and then he'll have another couple games where it's like he's the invisible man and you don't know he's there. So for that reason, he will be my trap for this year. He was a good rookie for us last year, but yeah, I, I agree with you. He's probably one that people might jump on because of his high ceiling, but I don't see him consistently reaching those heights as we saw as the season went on last year. I'm passing on Jared Witts. He's a durable ruckman for the Suns. He just doesn't have the same ceiling as a Gorn or a Grundy or a Goldstein or even a Natanui. He's, he's probably even behind Riley O'Brien in that in that ruck tier uh, to even consider. So he's my pass. Baron, what about you? Um, for much the same reason you put him as the knock, my pass would be Hugh Greenwood. He's 
almost the perfect player for Supercoach in that I think nearly everything he does is a contested possession and it's a tackle and it's a clearance. But he doesn't have his forward eligibility this year, so that is going to just knock him slightly and he'll be below the best in the midfield, so he will be my pass this year. And Foz, what about you, mate? My pass is your trap, Darcy McPherson. I just don't think that he's got that role that we really expected from him last year. I think players like your Greenwood coming into that side and, and Raul obviously you know, being drafted along with Noah Anderson, there's not really that midfield role for him anymore. Uh, he might float through and, and have every every now and again have a pretty good game, but he's not one who's going to consistently get those minutes and, and play really well. So uh, he's, a, he's a pass for me. Very good. So that was our locks, our knocks, our bolters, our breakouts, our rookies, our traps, and our passes. Any final comments from you two? Nah, just the Hawks are going to win the flag this year. That's about it. That's a good call. Crows are going to try not to win the spoon this year. And the Dockers are going to try not to get everyone injured. <laughs> Promising years for the three of our teams. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Thank you for joining me, guys. Um, remember to check out supercoachchampion.com and get your Supercoach Championship ring. Thank you to Teller Beats for the intro, and we'll see you in the next one.